Welcome to Sophia's Choice. 1,200 dropped listeners. Can't be wrong. (laughs) 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 That's been making me laugh for two days. (laughs) My name's Brent, and joining me is the man who recently killed Alan's deep dive. Alan? Hello. And joining us is the man who will forever mourn the death of the deep dive, Ski. Forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) If this is your first time dropping by our virtual and I, we're a 7th or 8 Golden Girls podcast. We tend to take a bit of time to discuss an episode, interject a few non-Golden Girl-related anecdotes, and then offer up our choices for MVP and best line. The score will then be offered for the episode, and when it's all said and done, we'll definitively announce which is the best episode ever. Spoiler alert, it won't be Brother Can You Spare That Jacket. <laughs> definitively. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Uncontestedly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Recapping tonight's episode will be Alan. If you're wondering if he'll offer up a deep dive, then you're giving this podcast the attention it deserves. <laughs> Very Alan? nice. Well, just one quick thing. This kind of goes along with what you were saying, just slightly. Yeah. Um, just a funny thing that I noticed. For whatever reason, our Facebook page is is mighty popular. We mm-hmm. don't post that often on it. Yeah. We I post every week yeah. just to like, like, oh hey, new episodes out. Yeah. And you should listen. Yeah. And then once in a great while, put something else on yeah. there. But we have. Um, it's funny. We have. 808 people <laughs> that follow that page. Nice. Okay. And we have 800 people that like it. Uh-huh. So there's eight people that are like, I'll follow it, but I don't have to like that shit. <laughs> I don't know. Whenever They're I see that. maybe. Yeah, I just always Do think we have any dislikes mm-hmm. or is that a thing? I don't think that they count dislikes on pages, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's weird because every single day I get multiple notifications of like, oh, you have new followers. And I'm yeah. like, where the fuck are these new followers from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it happens on the Instagram too. Yeah. And like every day it's like, so and so and 34 others are now yeah. following you. It's like, wow. it, it just barely inches. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, I was talking to someone about this earlier. Instagram, I think is a definitely a platform that seems to really encourage people to follow each other, you know, mm-hmm. to like follow yeah, back. Yeah, Cause yeah. I'm sure you see the same notifications where it's like, like, this person and this person and 181 people follow you, but mm-hmm. you don't follow them. Uh-huh. Exactly. <laughs> well, I don't know them. Exactly. And... It just proves I'm more selective than they are. Yeah. <laughs> like, listen, if you follow us on, on Instagram and you reach out and let us know that you're a listener, we'll follow you back. But yeah. if you're just a rando who happened to see us, you uh-huh. know, on some well, other Golden Girls same page. Thing to Oprah Winfrey? I mean, I, I'm sure if so many people follow oh, her, yeah. that'd be impossible, basically. To... Yeah, like... Like we definitely follow a couple people that we know listen who write in periodically mm-hmm. and everything like that. But yeah, just because you're down there and it's like, I don't know, you like Golden Girls related content or whatever, that's not enough. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, we need to know that you listen or know who you are in some way. Not that yeah. Or really, if you uh, run an actual Golden Girls website, like I'll follow cool, you, yeah. you know, if you run a, like the other Golden Girls related podcast, we'll follow them. You exactly. Know. Um, but uh, Keep your friends close though. and your enemies closer. <laughs> right. <laughs> I pick me sitting right across from us. <laughs> I, was, I was saying, I wanted to clarify, I'm not really uh, comparing us to Oprah. Oh, well, I know. I, I assume not. Um, I'd compare us to Oprah, but not cool. favorably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, Oprah Williams. Uh, so it's completely different Oprah. <laughs> Oprah Thurman. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, Oprah Davenport. So do you guys have, we don't have any other listener interactions. We haven't uh, had a whole lot of time since our last few recordings. Yeah, so. I've not done any living since then. Okay. We got nothing either. All right, well. Uh, <laughs> Generally a whole bevy of viewer mail. <laughs> well, I could have a comment if I wanted to. 
<laughs> I can just make some up too if you want. I like I have I have an interaction. Um so before this episode started, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was upstairs and I was talking to your sister. Right. And she was saying that she was talking to a friend of hers and mentioned to the friend that, oh, my brother and um, you know, two nincompoops that he knows <laughs> have a Golden Girls <laughs> podcast. And her friend pretty close to the exact words she said were, that is the only podcast I would listen to by a man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I really hope. If you know my sister Amy and you listen to our podcast, please reach out because I would love to hear that the... We're the only, I'd like to think that we're living up to mm-hmm. your expectations of exactly. a male-driven podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, she's just using us as examples of why men suck. <laughs> yeah. You know what? If it gets us listens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I think we've talked about our, our complete willingness to accept hate listens in the past. Mm-hmm. So, a, a listen's a listen. There you go. Uh-huh. Exactly, which means that between episode one and two, twelve hundred people stopped hating us. <laughs> I guess, do we appreciate that? I think you do, but I do. That's <laughs> a sense of uh, great pride for you, right? Yeah, like I've spent the last seventy-two hours thinking about the twelve hundred people who stopped listening, and it just never in my wildest dreams did it occur to me that I'd be able to fail at something that broadly. <laughs> Like I'm just used to like a you know just a you know a modest level of failure. Right. <laughs> it's like 1,200 people. Like, nope, not for me. <laughs> I, I had faith in you. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think about myself, and I'm like, I've known a lot of women, and <laughs> a whole lot that I would probably like to have you know dated or something, and I'm sure well over 1,200 would have definitely told me no. <laughs> now, in fairness, how many of those 1,200 would you classify with your you? Know, pretty young thing designation. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I was a younger man, quite a few. <laughs> and just as many at your current age? <laughs> fewer, fewer. <laughs> but more rejection. Yeah. <laughs> and rightfully so. Yeah. The older I get, the more young women reject me. <laughs> it's really bizarre. I don't understand it. Right. There's an inverse relationship. <laughs> I was out with my wife the other day and just trying to... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I, I've... Uh... <laughs> He's the meme about like, the distracted boyfriend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> so Ski, did you have any other interactions that no, you wanted no, to throw in? Okay. Well, I think we're ready then. Um, season five, episode two, uh-huh. Sick and Tired, part two. Uh-huh. Uh, original air date, September 30th of 1989. Uh, written by Susan Harris and directed uh-huh. by Terry Hughes. Yeah. Made him wait a whole week to find that resolution. A lot of times the two-parters are same night. Yeah, I know. And this was a, a, a pretty big cliffhanger as yeah. far as two-parters go. And it ended on a real... Uh, Downer, yeah. Yeah, a real, you know, like, sad note. But. Yeah, looking at each other like, oh, my gosh. I, I know. know. I was on the ed- just watching it at home. I was on the edge of my Davenport. <laughs> and, and you only had to wait <laughs> literally seconds to exactly. boot up the next one. <laughs> so scene one, uh, we open up with Dorothy in Dr. Harry Weston's office, mm-hmm. um, taking some Play-Doh to Pound Town. <laughs> Unlike prior doctors... Uh, Harry is sympathetic and believes Dorothy when she says she's sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy asks if she's going to die, and Harry says, I'm afraid so. Sooner or later, I guarantee it, unless the Japanese come up with something. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that uh, good old American ingenuity could come up with a cure for death. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think so. <laughs> Why not Brazil or oh, yeah. China? Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, just then, a young junkie Is Brazil named... that advanced? I don't know. <laughs> Every country's got scientists. <laughs> North Korea. He's just got a real affinity for Brazil. He does. <laughs> he 
gonna love those nuts <laughs> <laughs> and the waxes. Yeah. <laughs> um, My wife does a lot of those. Mm. And that's what she said. That's what she said. She does the men folk too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> waxes the men folks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Calls yeah. those manzillions. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Done a zillion of them. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure what that little chuckle was, but <laughs> funny. So, all right, well, uh, so just then, a young junkie named Oliver walks in with a cup of someone else's urine. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, he's a, a bedwetter with a shy bladder. Uh, we also get introduced to Harry's assistant, Laverne, uh, who seems to be an exhibitionist, mm-hmm. based on uh, her oh, comments. Can I, can I add something? Yeah, I looked certainly. Up, so, of course, they're from Empty Nest, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. And I looked up, and uh, so season one of Empty Nest had already uh, aired the previous year, mm-hmm. but I think this was like the first episode, the, the day, like you said it was the 30th, right? Yeah. I think that was the first episode of the second season. Oh, okay. It was the same day. Oh, so. very cool. Mm-hmm. So was, got Golden Girls got a week start? I, I guess so, because mm-hmm. I was like, I assumed it would be one for one, right? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think, if I remember correctly when I looked it up, <laughs> is that uh, it started on the 30th. Now, you said this was the first season of, season, first episode of season two aired mm-hmm. on the same for, day? Yes, okay. for Empty Nest. Yeah. I think in the first season of Empty Nest, it was the Goldens who showed up on that show mm. to build so. up the ratings. That makes yeah, that probably was. So, so was, now, do you think Harry was there to help the Goldens ratings or to help uh, the Empty Nest ratings? Probably both. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Get a little Con- cross. Continue the crossover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Show Ima- I can't still- imagine there are too many people watching Empty Nest. They're like, oh, that Golden Girls isn't for me, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it does seem like they'd have quite a bit of the Venn diagram <laughs> that would cross over. <laughs> They already had Dreyfus in uh, Golden Girls at least twice. Oh, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's true. I guess they did already have. <laughs> they crossed over the Goldens. Uh, so uh, we move into scene two now. Um, <laughs> we move over to the kitchen where Yokel Hero Rose Island <laughs> is collecting food for the uh, homeless while making a healthy breakfast for Miami's jacketed elite. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, I was so proud of saying Yokel Hero Rose Island. Yeah, I kept yeah. chuckling to myself <laughs> about that one. <laughs> it is a throwback. It's a yeah. title of an episode. <laughs> Uh, Sophia notes, uh, fine, give them egg yolks. They'll die of heart attacks if they won't need homes. Uh, Dorothy walks in looking healthy and optimistic, followed by Blanche looking like she's knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. <laughs> she reveals that she's been up writing for 72 straight hours, has written in every man's masterpiece, and is now too tired to sleep. She lays her head on the counter and knows this Rose's bag of egg yolks and exclaims, my God, I'm hallucinating. I see little balls of sunshine in a bag. Dorothy and Sophia go... It's like the song says, I've got sunshine in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> and it's egg yolks that Rose has. Exactly. Oh, Clint Eastwood by the that's gorillas. A, that's the gorillas, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Trey Anastasio uh, does that song. Does uh, it really? Clint Eastwood, yeah, he does quite a bit. Hmm. Uh, his trumpet player, Jennifer Hartswick, handles some of the vocals on that one as well. Very nice. Worth checking out. So uh, Dorothy and Sophia go to leave for the doctor, and Rose uh, delivers a Shakespearean monologue saying, Good luck, Dorothy. I hope we find something wrong with you. I don't mean something wrong wrong. I just mean something wrong so that you know you're right when you know there's something wrong and you haven't been wrong all along. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed that <laughs> that particular line. Mm-hmm. I, I went through the trouble of typing it That actually it all probably out. was <laughs> my favorite line of the episode, actually. <laughs> uh, it wasn't mine. mine. Mine's coming up. I like that one a lot, but my, yeah. my favorite one definitely. Yeah, you may dissuade me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, we'll see. Then my favorite line, I'll be Just curious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll Sorry. get there. We'll get there. I don't want to derail you there. <laughs> no, you're fine. No, derailing me is part of the charm of the podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. Other people might think the charm of the podcast is when it's done. Exactly. <laughs> I would say my derailments are less interesting exactly. sometimes. Oh, I disagree. Your derailments are just eh. as <laughs> just as valid as anybody's derailments. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only way I would be like, I don't know if that was really worth it. If you're like, you know, I don't care what you say about that being your favorite line. Everybody knows the greatest line ever in the history of the Golden Girls was, that's what the crow said. <laughs> and you just pull that out every time. Exactly. <laughs> that could be a reoccurring thing now. <laughs> now, I'm really curious, though. Is that an actual line that I've forgotten? Because I did not remember that's what the crow said. It was some convoluted joke that Rose was telling and like she kept getting interrupted and like, and she told it like in like four pieces over the four sections over the course of like an episode or whatever. Okay. I kind of do. Remember and then that. like at the end she gets to like, yes. yes. And then like finally they're like, Rose, we don't want to hear this stupid story or whatever and shut up. And so she stops. And then like later on, somebody says something and she's like, that's what the crow said. I do kind of remember that actually. But whatever that person had said was like nothing a talking crow would actually say. <laughs> Are you speaking for the crow? I don't <laughs> think you know. Something like, you know, it's like, oh, my 1099 hasn't shown up. And she's like, yeah. that's what the crow said. <laughs> what the crow had to do with taxes? Yeah, I like that that's your judgment. It's like, a crow wouldn't say that. <laughs> I said a talking crow would oh, say Oh, sorry. <laughs> Just implied no crow would say that. He wouldn't, yeah, he wouldn't trouble himself with such petty uh, issues. Right. <laughs> he says, Look, I can talk and I'm a crow. That majestic winged creature would never. Crows are quite smart. Yeah, crows yeah. are pretty amazing yeah. birds. But, uh, so they'd say more important things, is what you're saying. Uh, so, well, Could they talk? I think they so were you think talk- a murder of crows is like just a regular Algonquin round table? <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. They're probably discussing all the you know ways to cure the world's ills, and also get that motherfucker who you know put the the uh, uh, what's it called um, scarecrow. scarecrow out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, uh, so after uh, Dorothy and Sophia leave, uh, Blanche decides to have Rose read some of her book. Uh, Rose is having trouble understanding Blanche's book causing Blanche to start throwing verbal haymakers at Rose and Minnesota in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, she asks what Rose has read, saying people from Minnesota are considered well-read if they get through the Sears catalog. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rose follows Blanche to the living room, where she promptly passes out. Mm-hmm. So when Blanche and Rose wrote a book previously, mm-hmm. did Blanche do the writing or the illustrations? I think she did the illustrations, because yeah. it was supposed to be the stories that Rose had yeah. heard when she was young and found out they were from a book. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was... Uh, there wasn't, it wasn't super quotable as far as what was going on in that, but it was a lot of good stuff as far as like mm-hmm. Blanche being kind of tired and half out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she I, definitely was kind of uh, three sheets in the wind. Yeah, as like far a, as like awareness. Exactly, like a loopy loop room at Clanahan. Yeah, I really liked. Yeah, it was like I said, it was really solid. It just wasn't something that had lines in particular that lent themselves. Yeah. Well, you'd um, almost have to say it all for it to yeah, make exactly. coherent sense. Because, yeah, she just kept going on and on about how amazing she was as an author mm-hmm. and how it's going to change the world and yeah. how she needed to share her, her stuff with the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. But maybe she should keep it all to herself because it was too great. It, mm-hmm. it was good. I mean, it was a really good room with Clanahan in yeah. general. But I also really enjoyed Rose in that scene, too. Yeah. Uh, so we move on to scene three now. We join Dorothy and Sophia at okay. the uh, Community Medical Center. Sophia is espousing her love of all things Chinese to Dr. Chang. 
mentioning Chinese checkers, Chinese food, chopsticks, and flower drum song, bringing us not to a deep dive because the deep dive is dead, but to the puddle jump because we will still dip our toe in and find out a little bit about the the flower drum song. It's a. Uh, did were either of you two familiar with this? No. Were you, fact, were you familiar with this one? I specifically yeah. did look it up because I figured you'd bring it up. Yeah, well, I had two options, and this was the one I went with. Yeah. What um, was your other one? The other one was, was one of the category? two. The other one I was too afraid I'd sound really stupid because it was one of the two books that Blanche mentions when mm-hmm. she's talking about what things Minnesotans had read. Mm-hmm. One of them was Paul Bunyan, and the other one, I can't recall off the top of my head what it was. I don't remember what part of the show you were talking about. But, but I was like, oh, if she's saying that this is so common, and I'm like, I don't recognize the name of this book, <laughs> then I felt more certain that I would sound stupid by bringing it hat? up. Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so this was one I felt more confident that a lot of our listeners and hopefully the people at the table would not have been familiar yeah, with. Yeah. But it's a, a 1961 a musical film directed by... Uh, Henry Coster, adapted from the 1958 Broadway musical by the team of Rodgers and Hammerstein. Hey, yep. friends of the show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which in turn is based on the 1957 novel by the same name by the Chinese-American author Chen Yang Li. Mm-hmm. Uh, Li's novel focuses on a father, Wang Chi Yang, a wealthy refugee from China who clings to traditional values in San Francisco's Chinatown. Uh, Roger and Hammerstein shifted the focus to the uh, musical, the shift of the focus of the musical to his son, Wang Ta, who is torn between his Chinese roots and assimilation into American culture. It sounds like the plot to Pal Joey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Total <laughs> ripoff. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, uh, the film was nominated for five Academy Awards and two Golden Globes, including Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. And uh, Flower Drum Song became the first major American Hollywood feature film. Uh, to have a majority Asian-American cast in a contemporary Asian-American story. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the crazy thing, okay? So this was 1961. Mm-hmm. It would be the last film to do that for more than 30 years until the Joy Luck Club <laughs> in 1993. What? Yes, yeah, so there was not another contemporary, uh, contemporarily placed American yeah. movie that featured a Chinese-American cast. Yeah, for 30 years. But I think then after Joy Luck Club, you had to wait another 30 years for Crazy Rich Asians. (laughs) Probably, yeah. Possibly. (laughs) I'm wondering. I hope there was some stuff in between. There may not have been a lot. I don't think there has been. Um, In 2008, the Flower Drum Song was selected for preservation in the United States National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you have a chance to check out... uh, Flower drum song, mm-hmm. uh, I, I guess. I'd say that puddle's been jumped. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> now you know what you're getting into, at least. Exactly. <laughs> I guess my confusion comes from the fact that we're jumping the puddle, yet we're sticking our big toe in it. Uh, we're, we're dragging our toe across the puddle <laughs> as we jump over <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> we're jumping in the puddle. That's the thing. Is, but it's only a puddle. We're not jumping into the to the deep dive. Oh, okay, so, we're, gotcha. so I guess we're putting more than a toe in. The whole bottom of your foot's in there. Okay. But... You're not ankle deep or anything. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Don't need waders. Right. <laughs> Just some good galoshes. Yeah, exactly. yeah. If you have a nice no thick sole. No rubbers required. Yeah. <laughs> a nice thick sole, then you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Dr. Chang thinks Dorothy has something called chronic fatigue syndrome, mm-hmm. saying there's no specific test, cure, or treatment, um, but that it is a real thing. He says some doctors aren't familiar with it, and others are skeptical about it, often blaming the victim. Uh, they wrap up their visit with some mild racism from Sophia, uh, ending the scene. Mm-hmm. So, that was the only disappointing part of the whole episode to me, was that she had to throw in that thing of like, why does this Chinese restaurant not, you know, 
that do they really put MSG? In yeah, the mask for the MSG? exactly. And I was like, why? Why they have to throw? Like, I was totally fine with her, you know, playing up her love of everything Chinese to this <laughs> Chinese American yeah. doctor. But <laughs> I just yeah. felt like that was the only little blemish on this episode yeah. to me. Well, so to put a little bit of context, though, I think that was actually more of a thing back in the eighties about because uh, I think ultimately didn't they remove MSG from all foods? No, a lot of or, places still have it and everything. Yeah. Or at least I'll see it on the menus periodically, like no MSG or whatever. Yeah. But the implication is that other, if it doesn't well, I, say I no MSG. I think it was kind of a hot button topic, though, is yeah. why I think they may have put that in there as a joke. Yeah. Okay, I'll Like, I think it's just the powder. It's like a seasoning. Well, do you know like, what it stands for? Uh, Mato sodium glutamate? Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a sugar, like a mm-hmm. no, sugar salt uh, type. Salt, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Did you finish Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, I actually did recently, um, yeah. and I it, it ended quite well. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I am behind on a couple things that I feel upset about being behind on. Uh-huh. I had never finished Hawkeye, oh. and uh, I know, and it, I've seen two episodes, and it's great. It's Joey so just good. didn't get into it. It's my favorite of the Marvel shows. Well, So what is the uh, tie-over from MSG to S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> uh, because in one I of the know episodes what the of the final season, um, uh, Zeke and Mac are stuck in the 80s, mm-hmm. and Zeke has his Chang gang. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where he got the MSG? <laughs> no, it was Dr. Chang. Oh, oh. Was oh fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I was, I was curious. Yeah. Like, what's the train in his brain there? That's, it went from one to another, and I don't yeah. follow. <laughs> well, sticking with that, there, there's that show, and I still haven't even started the Book of Boba Fett. Mm, um, yeah. And so I'm, I need to get on to that, but Hawkeye, like I said, the first two episodes, I were like, ah, totally, totally pulled me in. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so good. Uh, but but Joey didn't care for it. Um, and I haven't so it was, started that either. But basi- we, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, basically, I came to the conclusion that Sharon and I are watching the show Dark right now. Mm-hmm. Um, once we get through that, the next show we're going to watch will be Hawkeye, mm-hmm. just because I'm not going to wait for Joey to decide yeah. he has interest in it. Yeah. But I'd rather not just watch it alone. Yeah, so. I've been... I tried for the longest time to get Helena to watch it with me because I, wa- I really wanted to rewatch it and mm. everything. And she just, but it, like, I even got her to watch Black Widow because I was like, well, she needs to watch that first, mm. you know, because she's a little behind on her Marvel movies. Um, and then she watched that and she's like, I don't know, is this a lost cause? Yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. But, well, I, I know because there's little bits that I already know about it and mm-hmm. I, I don't even want to mention it, but mm-hmm. there are things that relate to shit that. Things that Sharon and I watched together in the past that I think mm-hmm. show up mm-hmm. in uh, Hawkeye. Yeah. The unfortunate bits of spoilers that mm-hmm. I've heard. Yeah. Um, and so that just you know, emphasizes me wanting to have her be part of mm-hmm. watching it anyway. So, yeah. so hopefully it'll work out in the long run. But it's just uh, I feel frustrated that I haven't gotten through it to this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. So, so me and Nicole actually just as of this past week got uh, caught up with. Uh, um, Mandalorian. Oh, really? So, yeah, we're primed to watch Book of Boba Fett. Oh. And uh, we're on season three of Handmaid's Tale. Oh, okay. I, I really enjoy that so show. So we've been catching that. We actually, you know, for a long time we didn't have a chance to watch hardly any TV, but the last few weeks we've had a lot more evening time, mm. like an hour and a half, two hours or something, and we'll yeah. catch one of those shows. Yeah, I know um, uh, Mermaiden is a fan of uh, Handmaid's Tale. And Good show. It's yeah. freaking scary as hell. Yeah, she shares the <laughs> same same. Uh, same opinions as us <laughs> about it, but anyway, so uh, so we're back in the, we're in scene four now, uh, back in the living room. Blanche.
Blanche is uh, screaming mad that she has gotten another rejection letter for her book and laments that she ha- only has 20 to 30 years before her looks start to go. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a funny line. <laughs> she hasn't gotten as many rejections since Ham Lushba was in town. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's not your favorite line, is it? We're getting there. We're, we're, we're closing in. Um, Rose tries to sell Blanche on a love and kindness, uh, <laughs> while much like Brent, Blanche is more interested in fame and fortune. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) the jedi seeks not these things (laughs) Uh, of course uh blanche continues going on you know bashing minnesota uh left and right and rose has finally had enough and of uh blanche is bashing and goes off on another fantastic tear delivering to me one of the sickest burns in golden girls history in part she says uh and what if we have farms that's great without farms you couldn't eat and without eating, you wouldn't be able to go on a diet. And if you couldn't do that, what would you do with the rest of your life? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that line. That was uh, my favorite of the episode. So. That was pretty solid. And there was a lot of solid lines in this episode. Mm-hmm. So, Did you guys have anything else to add to that scene before I... Mm-mm. I'm good. Rose does walk out. She comes back in and asks if she was a little too harsh. Blanche gives her kind of like a, a smile of like... Kind of like Blanche knew she deserved it. So yeah, it, it was a bit harsh, but Blanche yeah. knew that she had earned that harshness. Yeah. Now we're here into the final scene of the, se- of the of the episode, and the girls are all together in a fancy restaurant with Dorothy and ordering expensive wine for the table. Uh, the waiter asks what they're celebrating, and Sophia responds, my daughter found out she has a debilitating disease. And <laughs> to, to the waiter's credit, he was like, oh, great. <laughs> you know. Good for you guys. Yeah, he was like, well, I don't want to fuck up my tip. <laughs> exactly. He's like, thank God it's not another anniversary. Right. <laughs> it's like every other table here has got one. This is the most interesting <laughs> table I've had all night. Yeah. Um, so uh, while throwing around names such as uh, Zvornak syndrome and Devereaux disease, uh, Dorothy spots Dr. Bud across the room. I was disappointed. I felt like they could have gone with Petrillo pox. Mm. Um, oh, I, didn't, I couldn't think of anything for Nylon, though. Yeah. Um, do you have any uh, Nyland-related medical conditions you could think of? Nappy Nyland. Mm. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's tiredness, right? <laughs> well, I suppose so, but it doesn't sound medical at all. <laughs> I've never heard something like, oh, that person has nappiness. <laughs> anyways, uh, did you have something you were about to say? I can't figure it out, but go okay, ahead. fair enough. <laughs> so... Uh, so Dorothy, she sees Dr. Bud across the room. Dr. Bud sounds like she'll own like a CBD oil store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a really it odd mean. name. I, I did wonder, like, why is that the name they rested on with Dr. Bud? <laughs> um, but it doesn't sound... Maybe uh, uh, Mary with Children was just coming in. To its <laughs> yeah, own it and... could be. They were trying to steal some of that Bud thunder. That's right. <laughs> um, anyways, well, so... It is with two Ds, though, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, and of course, he's the one who had told her that she was just uh, old and tired. Uh-huh. And, you know, basically, that's why uh, she was having all these symptoms or depressed. Uh-huh. Uh, so Dorothy goes over and gives him an impassioned dressing down for his treatment of her before rejoining the rest of uh, mm-hmm. rest of the girls for some very expensive champagne. I yeah. think it was like four thirty a bottle. Yeah, ridiculously expensive. Yeah. What was his wife's name? It was. Let's see. I have it written down here. Helen. Helen <laughs> Bud was his wife. Um, she, she only had, I think. Two lines in it, but they were solid mm-hmm. lines. Yeah. Um, she's like, "Who is this?" And then told him to shut up. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so upon realizing the price, uh, you know, of course, Dorothy freaks out because she can't mm-hmm. possibly afford that with mm-hmm. the way that they handle money. Even though she mm-hmm. can afford to go gallivanting across the whole country for uh-huh. medical advice. But yeah, she even <laughs> said that she quit her job. 
Right. Right, because she couldn't do it with all of her mm-hmm. additions. Exactly. But uh, so Sophia adds some salt to the to the champagne, mm-hmm. um, tricks the waiter, and gets a free meal uh, mm-hmm. with that. Uh, For all of them. Yeah, exactly. And that ends the episode. Nylonitis. Nylonitis, yeah. That, that's mm-hmm. fair. That, that's the best option so far. <laughs> but that, to me, sounds like you have a disease specifically of against nylon. nylon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the condition of the nylon. Exactly. So uh, we had a slew of guest actors in that episode. Mm-hmm. We only had a couple last episode, but a bunch this time. Of, of course, uh, Richard Mulligan mm-hmm. as uh, Dr. Harry Weston. Yay. His second of three Golden Girl episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see him again, I think, later this season. Mm-hmm. I Mike, don't remember him last season. Well, he was in the first... Oh, yeah, he was in one last season. Because um, I think he came to pick up his dog or something oh, like gotcha. that. It was that one where uh, Blanche kept trying to throw himself at her. Or throw herself at him, I should say. That's right. Um, That's right. Because he was recently widowed. Yeah, and he was trying to get out mm-hmm. <laughs> as quick as possible. But yeah. I don't think that was the dog episode. That was a different one. But. Yeah, gotcha. there's, there's another one where... Uh, Sophia uh, dog watches. Or yeah, she yeah. That's another one with Dreyfus, but it doesn't have. I don't, yeah, I think that's the only guest star. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, we also had Michael McGuire again as Dr. Bud for his uh, second of his two Golden Girl appearances. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, Keon Young. He played Dr. Chang. Mm-hmm. This was his first of two Golden Girls. We see him as a different character in season seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a pretty, pretty wide range of titles, 264 to his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, 18 episodes of Deadwood as Mr. Wu and, and the movie as well. Mm-hmm. Did either of you two watch Deadwood? No. I know our friend Lance was a huge fan of it. Um, I feel like I should try to check it out at some point because mm-hmm. I've heard nothing but positive. Uh, he did end up in uh, one episode of uh, Deep Space Nine, one episode of Star Trek Enterprise. He played the role of Fish in season 10, episode 23 of The Simpsons, 30 Minutes Over Tokyo. Hmm, uh, aside from uh, you know Betty White, we've seen very few Simpson guest stars. Uh, yeah. Which is a little surprising. Plenty of uh, yeah. Star Star Trek overlap. Oh yeah, yeah, certainly. I guess Bob Hope comes to mind. But oh I can't yeah, think of anybody else? Yeah, not not a lot. Um, he was in a thirty nine episodes of High High Puffy Ami Yumi. Mm. Uh, no, you're a big fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Any productions of Flower Drum Song? Uh, doesn't appear so, unfortunately. Any uh, productions of Pal Joey? Uh, does <laughs> perhaps on Broadway, but not so on the IMDb. So many people could be part of that, Bob. <laughs> He was in uh, 45 episodes of American Dragon, Jake Long as Jake's grandfather, and 18 episodes of Star Wars Rebels as Commander Sato. Oh, nice. Um, but I would imagine what we all know him best from is his uh, five ep- five episodes as Super Ninja in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Oh, yeah. That was <laughs> I, him? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you had a lot of uh, Karate Commando memorabilia from that. Mm-hmm. All, probably all of it. 80s cartoon show. <laughs> I bought <laughs> both things. Yeah. Rivaled only by his, you know, figurines from Street Sharks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, same shelf. Same yeah, shelf. Same shelf. Um, Top shelf. <laughs> we also had uh, Bibby Besh. She played Helen. Helen mm-hmm. Bud. This is her only Golden Girls. Um, 116 titles to her name. Uh, six episodes of the Jeff Foxworthy show, his Lois, <laughs> and uh, she was Carol in Star Trek II, uh, The Wrath of Khan. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Carol Marcus? Uh, Carol is what it said, so I, I'd, you'd have to check it to be uh-huh. sure, um, but I don't believe it. It did not give a last name on the credit itself. <sighs> I hope it's Carol Marcus. Who else would it be? I mean, I can't imagine there'd be more than one Carol in there. Yeah, I can't imagine there is either. So. Um, I just finished rereading the novelization of... Wrath of Khan. Oh, really? Um, it's so good. Yeah. Did you know? Yeah, speaking of which, how she are you doing? Go ahead. Uh, book five. Uh, my fifth book of the year so far. 
Oh, so, so you're off to a good start. Wasn't <laughs> your goal? How many was it? A month to a month? Yeah, I, I want to read twenty four in a month. Book five already. Wow! So, so you're kicking ass. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so BB Besh, she did play Carol Marcus in Wrath of Khan. Well, what character was that? She was the mother of Kirk's son. Okay. Okay. Uh, David. I mean, you know, he died. You had to bring us down, didn't you? Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, he doesn't die in Wrath of Khan, though. He dies in uh, the third one, uh, oh. Search for Spock. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so. It's for Spock to live. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, two of the books that I've read so far this year, um, one novelization to Star Trek, the motion picture, and the novelization to Star Trek, Wrath of Khan, and now I'm reading the novelization to uh, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. You could just watch the movies and read other books. Well, no, because I've seen the movies enough, and I was like, I just want to read the novelizations, because I'm trying to rotate between like something that requires a bit of thought and Mm. then something a little bit easier. Okay. And so, so like, I've not read the first two consecutively. There was a book in between them, and I'll read something else before I go on. Let me ask you this, because this novelization, you saw the movies first. Yeah, 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 yeah. In all cases. Uh-huh. When you're reading it, uh-huh. do you see mm-hmm. scenes of the movie in your head? Yeah, I do. The only difference is just because it's a novelization, you know, you get the character's internal monologue mm-hmm. and it's okay. not represented. Sure, yeah. And so far, like I said, I'm two, three chapters into the third one. Um, but the only thing that's really been like, oh my God, that's amazing, that's not in the movies, that's in the book, is there's a bit in there where... You know, you're inside, you know, Captain Kirk's head, okay? And he has the thought, it's like, oh, people always think that, you know, Spock and I are boning, Um, (laughs) which, you know, is is a bit self-aware on Kirk's part, Mm. okay? But then, like, the term he uses? No, no. Well, no, he doesn't use boning or whatever, nor does he say, like, well, this is really self-aware of me. He just, he basically, his thought is like, you know, I've, I've never once thought of him that way. But I've also never even considered, you know, uh, being involved with a, a species that can only do it every seven years. Oh. <laughs> Which I thought was just a really, really unintentionally funny thought for yeah. <laughs> Kirk to have. Yeah, that is solid. It's yeah. a little extra to add to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we had uh, three other guest actors. Uh, Glenn Walker Harris Jr., he played Oliver. Mm-hmm. This is his only Golden Girls. He was on a, one episode of a Brent favorite, News Radio. Yay. And uh, he was also on an episode of Star Trek Voyager. Yeah. <laughs> He's also disappointed about the Voyager. No, I was just <laughs> thinking of News Radio and how I'll just never be able to watch it again. Uh, who, who is it in News Radio that caused you not to be able to watch it? Uh, currently Joe Rogan. Oh, okay. I'm sorry for you. It's okay. We also had uh, Eric Popich. He was a was the waiter. Seventy two titles to his name. Nothing of note that you that we would recognize him from. And this was his only Golden Girls. Yeah. And then finally, um, Park Overall. Yeah. She, she was a uh, Laverne Todd. Mm-hmm. Fifty six titles to her name. Only Golden Girls. But of course, one hundred and seventy episodes of Emptiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprisingly, there wasn't a lot else where I was like, oh yeah, I'd recognize her from that. Yeah. Um, obviously very synonymous with, uh, empty nest. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it, she just seemed like someone who was more, I don't know, ubiquitous during that time period, mm-hmm. but I guess not just really in, you know, she's yeah. really well known for that show. Like personality. Well, she, yeah, very, she is a very, uh, distinct yeah, personality. Exactly. I do think she was like young unsung hero of empty nest. Yeah. That seems fair. Um, so yeah, so that's all. Uh, all for the recap. Mm-hmm. Um, so MVP for you? It was really tough for me this episode because um, I felt like if there's ever been an episode 
where any of the four people I felt I could make a claim for MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know based on our uh, last episode that we reviewed, mm-hmm. you would not agree with Rose. I, I know Correct. you thought that she was a bit of a weak link, but I yeah. really liked a couple of her uh, portions mm-hmm. in this. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I went with Blanche. Um, I mean, it was like I said, it was a tough call though because I really liked all four of them. Yeah. But it was just uh, her, you off know, off the rails kind of like ranting almost from being too tired. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, but, out but I could have easily gone with any of the four. Um, yeah. Personally. Yeah. And like I said last week, it was Blanche for me this week. So and Feasty. I said Blanche with him, and then I think yeah, uh, I probably like, for the same reasons. Yeah, I just like that loopy Lou McClanahan. Mm-hmm. Off so, wow, Blanche floor. clean sweep for this one. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, how many slices would you give this one? Um, I didn't actually like uh, Dorothy's like, berate of the guy at the end as much. Uh-huh. I thought she went a little too heavy-handed. Yeah. Uh, so I just gave it five. Yeah. But so still a good episode. What about you? Oh, see, I totally disagree with Ski. I, I liked that she uh, took him to task for it. Um mm. And I also liked that the wife was like, yeah, this guy's a fucker. Um, mm-hmm. well, <laughs> you know, as, he does need to be told. As the guy as I was about how he treated her, I thought that, uh, I don't know, I just thought if she was a real person, I think she would have said it differently mm. based on her, her character, I think. Okay, so you, you feel like that real, if Dorothy was a, a real person, then her character would have handled that in a different way than they wrote Slightly, it for her? yeah, oh, okay. I think so. And, yeah. and who am I to say that? Because Susan Harris wrote right? <laughs> well, so. yeah. Well, I think it's just unfair because there were many, many doctors mm-hmm. who didn't catch this random rare disease or whatever. That's true, but he was the one who specifically told her that she was old, old and tired and yeah. needed to color her hair. Yeah, uh-huh. Jeffrey Tambor told her the same thing. Oh, He's sh- like, you just need some D and then you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, but in fairness, he was bald, so you know he already got his comeuppance. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Well, I gave it seven slices. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I was even tempted to go higher than that. Wow. Um, but seven is where where I landed on it. Yeah. I mean, I gave it six, so I guess between the two of you. And it's all strictly just because, again, I, I like that, you know, Rue McClanahan, <laughs> that mm-hmm. version I thought was really, really good. I wish we'd seen more of that. Mm-hmm. A really solid start to the season, this two-part episode. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and usually it's hard for a two-parter to be really good in both parts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I think last one we ended up with around eighteen and a half between the three of us, and this mm-hmm. one eighteen. So yeah, yeah, solid start for season five. Yeah, certainly agree. So, all right. Well, without further ado, stay golden, cool, cool. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at Sophia's Choice Podcast at gmail you can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. Oh, okay. So it's not as much Thank room, you. but it has a closet, so it's a whole thing. So, anyways, like. Does the room upstairs not have a closet? No, so she has like a, a wardrobe, you know, and so oh, okay. she doesn't need that anymore. So, and then um, she has a closet, so she doesn't need the dresser that she had either. Um, one of the dressers. So, anyways, like the Facebook, you know, community page or whatever, Helena just sold it on there. Mm, okay. And so she, like, ended up finding, like, one family who bought all four things that she had posted. And so, grand total was like $180. Okay. And so they show up today with $180. 
and they're going on about it. Oh, yeah, we had to get this because we just adopted six kids. Uh-huh. And I was thinking to myself, it's like, I should tell them that we're knocking five bucks off. Cause they... <laughs> <laughs> if it was one kid, we'd expect full price, full thing. One exactly. buck off for each of the other five kids. Exactly. And so, like, <laughs> like, would that be funny or would that be, like, just a dick move? <laughs> and so, so while I was debating, the conversation moved on, so I didn't even get a chance. And so then I told Elena was afterwards, I was here, like, though. I don't and I was like, I almost offered to knock five bucks off, uh, you know, because the furniture was for orphans. And she's like, they were adopted. They're no longer orphans. And I was like, oh, good call. I agree that she actually just built on to yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I could definitely see that being a Klimazewski someday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they would be six kids that were related to them in some other way, I think. It'd be like, oh, yeah. Things went downhill with Brian and Katie, and uh, we decided to adopt all of their children. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It'd probably be more likely to happen on Nicole's side, I would think. Um, just because, uh, for one, they just reproduce a little bit more uh-huh. in an overall sense. <laughs> oh, 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 Brian and Katie have, what, four? Five. Five, and then, and then Becky is, has number two on the way. She does, yeah. So I guess she, maybe not, then. She's going to go to Tennessee for a funeral. It's like, well, they read the will, and we inherited these eight kids. No one else wants them. They just keep walking to the front door. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're like, I don't even know these children. You're like, you'll get to know them. Exactly. It's like Cletus <laughs> and his kids. Either, we let him live yeah, here. three of them, I don't know. Right. <laughs> Man, we're not related to them. I'd already disassembled my computer and printer and everything. So I had to type up my intro on my oh, phone. Oh, okay. So I didn't want you to think I was just freestyling this. <laughs> I just figured you were looking up lyrics to a song that you were going <laughs> to. Exactly. <laughs> Slightly changed. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm <clears throat> I'm ready to go whenever you are. Ready, Ski? I can be, yeah. <laughs>